Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you a series of spiritual tools to enable everyday Christian living in the parish of Yate. So in this episode, we're discussing what Adam and Eve have to do with Easter. Uh, we're going to talk about who is Adam, Mark 2. We're going to ask why the cross is beautiful. And finally, can Howell actually sing like a monk? So hello and welcome to this episode of The Connection. If you hear some wobbling in the background, it's either the um, bizarre owl that's solar-powered, which is knocking behind us, or the bloke who's fixing the windows. So we apologise in advance. We have a a different recording studio today. Normally we record uh, within St Mary's Church, but we're now in the offices uh, next to St Mary's. And so, uh, yeah, slightly different acoustics for you guys today, but of course that comes with background noise. So... Bear with us, we're here. We're doing it. Uh, and it's almost Easter time. Now, there's a question about this, is what has Easter and the cross and resurrection of Jesus got to do with the Genesis story and Adam and Eve from the last podcast we did? It's a good question. I mean, last time we talked about Genesis and how that kind of talked about the first story and how it was a song, uh, and we talked about Adam and Eve, and that, you know, you guys have told us, a great podcast. But how can we fast forward within the Bible to a point where we are talking about the death of Jesus Christ and in turn the resurrection? How does it link to Genesis? Well, it's one of the big ideas in St. Paul's uh, letters is that Jesus is the new Adam. Adam Mark II. Adam Mark II. This time it's better. Okay. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The first time it goes wrong, but the second time it goes better. So we know that Adam is the first creation of, of, of God. And clearly had a, a task that he didn't quite keep to. Uh, but now Jesus is Adam Mark II, another creation of God. And hopefully, as we can understand through Easter, he lived a very different life. Yeah, so what it's about really is Adam, as we talked about last time, is all of us. Because Adam means uh, mankind and Eve means woman. Okay. So Adam and Eve isn't like a literal person from way, way back. No. It's the story of all of us yeah. and the story of Adam and Eve, the way in which we, we seek to have those things that we, we, we can't have and to do our own thing and to create our own moral law and ignore the morality of God and the way in which destruction comes when we make the wrong choices. Yeah, okay. So, so, the, so I guess so the difference is that Adam... Is the term man, so it's collective, but Jesus was a single person. Yes, and, and, and in the same way, the new Adam and the identity of Jesus can spread out across all humankind. Okay. That's the idea. Okay. So in the same way that all of us have a part of that Adam story from Adam and Eve in us, in the same way we can have the essence of Jesus within us as well. We can become adopted children of God, but it's God that does it for us through Jesus rather than us being able to do it ourselves. Okay. Because if we try and do it ourselves, it's usually a fail. 
<laughs> so, okay, so let's look at some of the finer details. How can we compare the story of Adam and Eve with, with the life of Jesus? Well, <clears throat> if we look at, say, the essence of the Adam and Eve story, is it's all about a tree, isn't it? Okay, yeah, central, central to the way that Adam and Eve should live. They were allowed to eat and enjoy the garden, but they weren't allowed to touch the tree. That's it, because the tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So remember, they're naked, so they're completely innocent, but they're told they can have anything they want, but they're not allowed to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if they eat the fruit of that tree, yeah. they will become like God, knowing good and evil. Okay. And because they want to be like God, yeah. and because the tree is pleasing to the eye... Okay, so a very attractive tree. Beautiful tree. Yeah. Plush fruit. That's it. Off they go and get it. Temptation. Temptation, yeah. So the idea is that and there's a lovely song, a wonderful song, which is a kind of Easter theme song okay. in the monastic tradition in, in, uh, in monasteries, which has been sung for a long time, almost 1,500 years, I think. So we're talking about the traditional monks of the, of the order. That's it. Yep. It goes way, way back. And... In this song, and it references parts of the Bible in this song, okay. but it talks about the cross of Christ being the tree of life. Okay. And it references the fruit of the first tree bringing death, but the fruit of the second tree, the cross of Christ, yeah. the new Adam, yeah. bringing life. Okay. So the second tree, the tree of life, the cross is not pleasing to the eye. No, I mean, it was very symbolic. I mean, it wasn't Jesus, wasn't the only man to be placed upon the cross. I mean, it was a traditional symbol used at that time where, well, if the Romans decided that you needed to be, uh, well, tried for your crimes, and that was the outcome, that you would be crucified. But it was very important that Jesus was placed on it because it became the symbol, the yeah, tree of life. It becomes the tree of life. So something which is uh, horrific yep. to look at. Yeah. Uh, then becomes the thing that gives us life yeah. rather than death. Okay. So it turns the whole Adam and Eve story on its head. And of course, that in itself has become our logo, our symbol. It is taken very seriously by every Christian in, in this society that it is a is a tree of hope, a tree of life. It is a tree of. It's something that we can latch on to, uh, but isn't as attractive as the tree of knowledge as it was in Eden. That's right, because the thing is, the tree of life, the cross, shows the obedience of the second Adam of Jesus, okay. where he goes to the cross to show us that he loves us and that he forgives us. So while on the cross, Jesus is forgiving the people who crucified him, and he's not looking to himself and his own needs and what he wants, he's looking out towards the world, okay. literally yes. forgiving the world, and showing the world the cost of love, yes, because suffering is the cost of love, but also showing that God loves us and suffers with us in our world. So it, it's a strange thing that yeah. at first sight it's horrible, yes. but actually if you look deeper you see the infinite love of God in being prepared to do that in order to show us his love for us. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, how such a thing that caused such upset, and, and if you 
really drill down and look at the story. It was a horrific way for our saviour to die uh, and to a degree put to death by, by, by the community, by other senior leaders. But how, as the story progresses, it really does show that it was a point in time that we can latch onto that, yes, it's sad, but actually it links beautifully to the concept that it is a tree of life. Because it's through love yeah. and through that offering of ourselves to each other that we have life. So if you think about any relationship, like in a marriage or as a, a parent, is we give of ourselves to the other person. Yeah. And it's through that gift of ourselves to the other person that we truly have life. So if we live just for ourselves, then we'll end up alone. But the true beauty in human life is found when we love and we live for the other person. Amazing. So that's not just the only relevance, is it? There is other similarities there's, in there's Adam Mark 1 and Adam Mark, Mark 2. two yeah. uh, the, the other one which is fascinating is if you remember that Adam is alone yes. and God says it's not good for man to be alone. And he sends him to sleep yeah. and then he creates out of Adam yeah. a woman to be his companion. So in that story, we're, we're shown there that the purpose of human beings is to live in relationship with another person. Yeah, right? and I think the story of Adam and Eve shows that their partnership only made Eden far more attractive because they had that partnership. They worked together uh, and, it, and it was God's word and it became true uh, that he, as Adam, needed a companion. That's it. And, and as human beings, we know scientifically that human beings are what you call pack animals. We're, we're not like orangutan whose survival strategy is to be alone. Our survival strategy is to be in groups and cooperate yeah. and to be in community. Yeah. That's, how we have, have, that's how we rule the planet, in a sense, by cooperating with each other. But we notice in the first Adam story from Genesis... Things go wrong mm. when they do eat of the, the the fruit of the tree. They end up blaming each other, yeah. Because you know Eve says, "Oh, Adam says, oh, it was Eve that done it," and then she says, "Oh no, it was the snake." And they all turn on each other. Okay, so there's right? the three, all right? Yeah. But in the uh, second Adam, we see a very similar thing happening. Is when Jesus dies, yeah. We, you're, he's pierced through the side with a spear, isn't he? Yes, he is. Confirming death, I think, was it was used as that. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. I think we're being pierced through the years now yeah. by the drill outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jesus is pierced through the side to confirm yeah. his death, and blood and water come out. Okay. Yeah? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which you'll know from medical yeah. uh, knowledge that that's the cardiac sac, yeah, the sac yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so you pierce that you're likely to clearly cause the heart to fail and you're likely to lose obviously your total blood volume very quickly uh yeah so he's pierced through the side yeah right but there's a, a a wonderful image in the in the bible that the church which is christian people yeah are the bride of christ okay and the church is formed from the side of Christ where blood and water come out of his side yep. right just like the first Adam okay and that brings life to the church which okay. is us yep. now then 
if we think about it, uh, what are the two main sacraments of the church? What's the first? How do you become a Christian? This is the question. How, what, what do you do when you become a Christian? What, what thing do you use to become a Christian? What thing do I use to become a Christian? Um, okay, so I guess water is quite symbolic, isn't it? Within the, yeah, yeah, to become so, a Christian. So through baptism, um, the water is used uh, as part of that process. So that's quite important. That's it. So you become the first, how the initiation thing of becoming yep. a Christian is to do with water. Water yep. is a central symbol of Christianity. Yep. Yeah. Confirmation and um, with communion, uh, we use red wine, which will symbolise blood. Exactly. So the two central sacraments of the church, yep. it's water, water and blood, and blood, which feeds the church from the side of Christ. Okay. So there you are. There is the birth of, the birth of Christianity, birth of the church right there happening on the tree of life. That's it. Finally, in this last little bit, I suppose, about this, is there's lots of other things as well. Jesus is buried. Where is he buried? Well, obviously he was buried in a cave or in a tomb that was within a garden. That's it. So, the first Adam is expelled from the garden, which brings death. Yeah. The second Adam bursts forth from the tomb in his resurrection. Yep. And that brings life to the world. So that kind of really turns it on its head, doesn't it? Because, you know, in, in Adam Mark 1, we learn that leaving the garden was, to a degree, punishment for disobeying God's word. And in turn, that produced really difficult times for manhood. It, mm. it, you know, it, it, it really was a tough time. And we can see how that drove into more significant events that God portrayed upon us. But to turn that completely on its head, here we are with, with Jesus, Adam Mark 2, who at the resurrection burst from this tomb and left the garden. That's it. But by doing that, the story continued to bring life to the church. That's it. So it's fascinating how all the way through the Bible we have this same story. And the, the idea all the time is that Jesus overturns that first Adam, yeah. which is all of us, and that evil cannot win because God through Jesus has destroyed death destroyed evil forever by spinning it on its head wow that's what that's what it's all about really the other thing to uh, talk about as well the other symbol we'll talk about this maybe in a, in a few weeks time uh, is the Exodus story. Okay. All right. Is, uh, the Exodus story is where Moses leads the people of Israel from Egypt. So the Moses story where uh, Moses crosses the sea yep. into the promised land. So the refugees, the, the, you know, to call them to a degree, Moses was yeah, across the Dead Sea with these, with these people. That's it. So the idea behind this, again, is, is another kind of echo thing going on here, yeah. is that uh, the people of Israel are in slavery yeah. in Egypt, yeah. and God sends the deliverer, Moses, to lead them across the sea yeah. to the promised land, right? And we use that image a lot at Easter, and there's a song that we sing, which is the same song that Moses' wife 
sings uh, as they cross the Red Sea, which is something we do all the way through Easter in morning prayer. And the reason we use that image is that the sea is like baptism. Okay, so water, baptism, yeah. So the idea all the way through the Bible is that when you cross water, you go from a place of death to life. Okay. Right? Yeah. So the idea behind that is that in our everyday lives, yeah. we continually get it wrong. We continually mess up. Yeah. So in a sense, we are in slavery here in yeah. this life, but we can cross the sea, cross the water to the promised land. Right. And that's why Jesus's death and resurrection happen at Passover, because Jesus's death and resurrection is the fulfillment of the Jewish Passover. Okay. So he becomes the deliverer, not for just the Jewish people out of slavery, but for the whole of humankind. So it wasn't purely coincidental that the death of Jesus was occurring around the festival of Passover. It was deliberately placed in a time stop to ensure that it was an opportunity for the, for, for, for the, for the Jews to see Jesus as their... Uh, as to link and to, to, to prophesize within the Old Testament. It was important that it occurred. Yeah, yeah, because he, he becomes then the new Moses as well. Yes. He's yes. the new Adam, he's because, the new Moses. Yes. That's the whole thing. And it, there's even more, there's even more. Uh, the other one, which is one of my uh, favorites, is the, we talked before about the story of Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Is that when Abraham gets given his son Isaac, which means to laugh, he takes his son up the mountain because God says, would you like to sacrifice, sacrifice your son to son, show yeah. you how much, if you sacrifice your son to me, it shows me how much you love me. Yeah. And then Abraham goes to uh, sacrifice his son and God stops him and says, no, I will provide a lamb. Yeah. Right. And then they see a lamb in the thicket and says, you know, sacrifice the lamb instead of your son. And what John the Baptist calls Jesus is the Lamb of God. Yeah. So all the way through, you have G the Easter story brings in all these different threads from all over the Old Testament together yes. into one. Yeah. To almost be the the ultimate story that shows us who God is and and why He cares for us and and why. We can't save ourselves. God has done it for us. So I thought today we'd finish with the song, and it's the, the theme song, as it were, for Holy Week. And when I was training for the priesthood, I trained in a, in a monastery, and we had to do about 60 services in Holy Week. We used to call it Hell Week, but it just—it was just intense. It was just—it was wow. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was amazing, but yes. it was also just emotionally and physically exhausting. Really yes. engaging with the Easter story on that sort of level. And we used to sing this song morning prayer every day, so it becomes the theme song for for Easter. Uh, so that's how I learned all this stuff by by singing the song really. So we'll finish today before the outro with not me singing. Oh, come oh, on. All right, Jordan, I'll give you one. It goes, it, I'll, I'll give you a very bad rendition. And I don't even have the, uh, I don't even have the, the music in front of me now. It goes, um, two, three. Faithful cross above all others, 
one and only noble tree, not in foliage, not in blossom, none the fruit may be, it may be. Forgotten the rest of it. Hey, I need it in my head. The next so, up is the official version. The is the official way. version yeah. sung by much better monks than well, <laughs> much better, more holier men than me. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we'll also find us on Instagram. Oh, yes, Instagram, yes. And on our website, which is yateparish.org. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so we really value your comments. So put your comments on SoundCloud or any other platform that you're listening to, and we'll get back to you. And we look forward to joining you next time. Thank you.